I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. In today's reading, we'll be looking at Job chapters 6 through 9. Now, in chapter 5 and chapter 4, we find that Eliphaz, one of Job's friends, gave an eloquent speech regarding Job's troubles. In chapter 6, we find the beginning of the speech that Job gives in reply to that which Eliphaz gave in the preceding two chapters. Verse 1. But Job answered and said, Oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed, and my calamity laid in the balances together. For now it be heavier than the sand of the sea, therefore my words are swallowed up. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me, the poison whereof drinketh up my spirit. The terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. Doth the wild ass bray when he hath grass, or loweth the ox over his fodder? Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? The things that my soul refuseth to touch are as my sorrowful meat. Oh, that I might have my request, and that God would grant me the thing that I long for, even that it would please God to destroy me, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. Then should I yet have comfort, yea, I would harden myself in sorrow. Let him not spare, for I have not concealed the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should hope? And what is mine end that I should prolong my life? Is my strength the strength of stones, or is my flesh of brass? Is not my help in me, and is wisdom driven quite from me? To him that is afflicted, pity should be showed from his friend, that he forsaketh the fear of the Almighty. My brethren have dealt deceitfully as a brook, and as the stream of brooks they pass away, which are blackish by reason of the ice, and wherein the snow is hid. What time they wax warm, they vanish. When it is hot, they are consumed out of their place. The paths of their way are turned aside. They go to nothing and perish. The troops of Tema looked. The companies of Sheba waited for them. They were confounded because they had hoped. They came thither and were ashamed. For now ye are nothing. Ye see my casting down and are afraid. Did I say, Bring it to me? Or give a reward for me of your substance? Or deliver me from the enemy's hand? Or redeem me from the hand of the mighty? Teach me, and I will hold my tongue, and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. How forcible are right words, but what doth your arguing reprove? Do ye imagine to reprove words and the speeches of one that is desperate, which are as wind? Yea, ye overwhelm the fatherless, and ye dig a pit for your friend. Now therefore be content, look upon me, for it is evident unto you if I lie. Return, I pray you, let it not be iniquity. Yea, return again, my righteousness is in it. Is there iniquity in my tongue? Cannot my taste discern perverse things? Now this monologue of Job is two chapters long. It ends with chapter 7. 
He takes off with a rapid-fire group of metaphors, a set of scales weighing his grief against his calamity in verse 2. Grief heavier than the sand of the sea in verse 3. Poison arrows being shot at him by God himself in verse 4. A donkey doesn't complain when he has food, nor does an ox in verse 5. Bad food must have salt, and the white of an egg has no taste, verse 6. Well, Job obviously here was on a metaphorical roll. Then in verses 8 and 9, he simply requests that God let him die. In verses 14 to 30, Job expresses his disappointment in his friends at the lack of compassion they seem to be showing. Verse 15 reveals that he's not happy with their boilerplate counsel when he says, They have dealt deceitfully as a brook. He asks this question, verse 24, Where did I go wrong? In other words, if Job said he had not sinned, he had not sinned. Verses 28 through 30. Now Job's friends just want him to plea bargain and get it behind him. There's only one problem with that. Job's innocent. That brings us to chapter 7. And we see that Job's way not done with this speech. Chapter 7, verse 1. Is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? And are not his days also like the days of an hireling? As a servant earnestly desireth the shadow, and as an hireling looketh for the reward of his work, so am I made to process months of vanity, and wearisome nights are appointed to me. When I lie down, I say, When shall I arise, and the night be gone? And I am full of tossings to and fro until the dawning of the day. My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind. Mine eye shall no more see good. The eye of him that hath seen me shall see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me, and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him any more. Therefore I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I a sea or a whale that thou settest to watch over me? When I said my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint. Then thou scarest me with dreams, and terrifiest me through visions, so that my soul chooseth strangling and death rather than my life. I loathe it. I would not live alway. Let me alone, for my days are vanity. What is man that thou shouldest magnify him, that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him, that thou shouldest visit him every morning, and try him every moment? How long wilt thou not depart from me, nor let me alone till I have swallowed down my spittle? I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why hast thou set me as a mark against thee, so that I am a burden to myself? And why dost thou not pardon my transgression, and take away mine iniquity? For now shall I sleep in the dust, and thou shalt seek me in the morning. But I shall not be. Well, Job continues to rant about his situation. Well, who could he blame, really? In the first couple of verses, he puts a very negative connotation on life for every human being. He's not sleeping well in verse 4, and his sores are festering and oozing, verse 5. Well, yuck. Maybe sleep will give him some comfort, verses 13 to 14. No, not that either, because he says, got bad dreams. 
He sees no hope of being healed forever or ever having any kind of quality of life again. In verse 20, Job proclaims that he has a bullseye on his back for the arrows of God shooting at him. In this chapter, Job starts out addressing his friends, but seems to end up addressing God about his hopeless condition. Now, don't forget the problem. Job's friends are sure that he's being chastised for sin. But Job just cannot think of any sin that he's committed. They persist that he should just confess to sin anyway. Job maintains that he doesn't mind confessing sin, but what sin? Verses 20 and 21. Well, just hang on. This back and forth dialogue about sin versus no sin goes on down through chapter 37. In chapter 8, a man named Bildad weighs in, another one of Job's friends. Verse 1. Then answered Bildad the Shuhite and said, How long would thou speak these things, and how long shall the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? Doth God pervert judgment, or doth the Almighty pervert justice? If thy children have sinned against him, and he have cast them away for their transgression, if thou wouldest seek unto God betimes, and make thy supplication to the Almighty, if thou went pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. For inquire, I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to the search of their fathers. For we are but of yesterday, and know nothing, because our days upon earth are a shadow. Shall not they teach thee, and tell thee, and utter words out of their heart? Can the rush grow up without mire? Can the flag grow without water? Whilst it is yet in his greenness, and not cut down, it withereth before any other herb. So are the paths of all that forget God, and the hypocrite's hope shall perish. Whose hope shall be cut off, and whose trust shall be a spider's web. He shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold it fast, but it shall not endure. He is green before the sun, and the branch shooteth forth in his garden. His roots are wrapped about the heap and see at the place of stones. If he destroy him from his place, then it shall deny him, saying, I have not seen thee. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the earth shall others grow. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evildoers, till he fill thy mouth with laughing, and thy lips with rejoicing. They that hate thee shall be clothed with shame, and the dwelling place of the wicked shall come to naught. Well, did Bildad start out here by essentially calling Job a bag of hot air in verse 2? I think so. He indicates that Job's suffering was the proof that Job must have sinned. Since God cannot be unjust, verse 3, one must assume Job and his family, verse 4, had gotten what they deserved. Job should plead for mercy in verse 5. Then if he deserves it, verse 6, God will restore him. We see that in verse 7. In other words, even if you don't know what you've done to sin against God, go ahead and just repent anyway. Here's Bildad's philosophy in verse 20. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evildoers. Bildad is emphasizing their doctrinal contention 
that Job would not be in the position he is were it not for the fact that he's an evildoer. In short, here it is. Job, just repent from your sins so we can all go home. One more thing Bildad points out to Job in verse 21. He says, one day you'll look back on this ordeal and just laugh. And if you're worried about the pleasure your enemies are getting from your tough times, their day is coming. Well, now, Bildad does seem sincere here. He just can't conceive that all of this could be happening to a man who was without sin. He's just convinced that this must be the judgment from God. So Job responds to Bildad's statements in chapter 9, beginning now with verse 1. Then Job answered and said, I know it is so of a truth, but how should man be just with God? If he will contend with him, he cannot answer him one of a thousand. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength, who hath hardened himself against him, and hath prospered. Which removeth the mountains, and they know not, which overturneth them in the, his anger. Which shaketh the earth out of her place, and the pillars thereof tremble. Which commandeth the sun, and it riseth not, and sealeth up the stars. Which alone spreadeth out the heavens, and treadeth upon the ways of the sea. Which maketh Arcturus, Orion, and Pleiades in the chambers of the south which doeth great things past finding out, yea, and wonders without number. Lo, he goeth by me, and I see him not. He passeth on also, but I perceive him not. Behold, he taketh away. Who can hinder him? Who will say unto him, What doest thou? If God will not withdraw his anger, and proud helpers do stoop under him, how much less shall I answer him, and choose out my words to reason with him? Whom, though I were righteous, yet would I answer not? But I would make my supplication to my judge. If I had called and he had answered me, yet would I not believe that he had hearkened unto my voice. For he breaketh me with a tempest and multiplieth my wounds without cause. He will not suffer me to take my breath, but filleth me with bitterness. If I speak of strength, lo, he is strong. And if of judgment, who shall set me a time to plead? If I justify myself, mine own mouth shall condemn me. If I say I am perfect, it shall also prove me perverse. Though I were perfect, yet would I not know my soul. I would despise my life. This is one thing, therefore I said it. He destroyeth the perfect and the wicked. If the scourge lay suddenly, he will laugh at the trial of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covereth the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where and who is he? Now my days are swifter than a post. They flee away, they see no good. They are passed away as the swift ships, as the eagle that hasteth to the prey. If I say I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my heaviness and comfort myself. I am afraid of all my sorrows. I know that thou wilt not hold me innocent. If I be wicked, why then labor I in vain? If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, Yet shall thou plunge me in the ditch, and mine own clothes shall abhor me. For he is not a man, as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us, that might lay his hand upon us both. Let him take the rod away from me, and let not his fear terrify me. Then would I speak, and not fear him, but it is not so with me. Job does acknowledge that he agrees with the theology expressed by Bildad. That bad things happen to bad people. 
in verse 2. Maybe he's still at a loss because he has no knowledge of having committed any kind of sin. Job then concludes that because of his insignificance, he wouldn't be able to get a hearing before God. He's reluctant to boast of his righteousness in verse 20. That act alone would demonstrate that he, in fact, wasn't righteous. You'll see some apparent cynicism in Job's tone here. Job, at this point, is one defeated man. This answer to Bildad, Job's woe is me dialogue, continues in Job chapter 10, which is tomorrow's reading. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.